welcome to episode three of See You on the Mat. I am currently sitting in my childhood bedroom in Seattle, Washington, which is crazy. Um, It's pouring down rain, (laughs) of course. It's raining, Um, but it's so nice. It's the perfect season to come to Seattle. I love coming in spring because you get these days of really warm weather and it's beautiful, which is what happened when I came in on, on Wednesday. And then you get these days of, of rain, but it's still so luscious. Like all the trees are green and beautiful and the flowers are blooming. And it's just this, this juxtaposition of growth and beauty mixed with this like cold and rain, but I love it. It just feels like home. And I'm grateful to be here. I feel really grounded when I'm here too, I'm realizing. Um, It feels really good to be in a space familiar, different than San Diego. Obviously, the weather is so different, but the landscape is really different. All around me are trees and it's just so homey. I think both Tom and I feel that way when we come home. It's just like this this peace and calm of the the environment not just being around family, but the location. It's just so beautiful. So we love evergreen trees. He's not here with me, actually. I just came by myself. I came for Mother's Day. My mom's birthday is Sunday, and that is also Mother's Day. So I had to come and celebrate and hang with the family. He's home. He only gets five vacation days <laughs> for this first year that he has his job, which is such a bummer. But um, he's going to be coming home later in the year to, or later in the month, actually, to see his family. Um, yeah, so I'm here all alone getting to spend time with my family and my friends and my community that is just so strong here. I, I lived in Seattle for the first 22 years of my life and moved to Southern California when I was 22, turning 23. So my college friends, my high school friends, so many people still live here, my family, so immediate family, my extended family all is across the country, but the immediate family is here and it's just such a wonderful place to be and spend time with them and I don't know if you feel this way when you go home to where you're from or if you never left or even just like your parents house if you still live in the same area and go over to where if they still live in the house that you grew up and I know there's so many (laughs) so many changes that happen throughout our lives so maybe this doesn't happen that much anymore and I know that that home is a feeling it's not necessarily a place but um for me it it is because there are so many roots in the neighborhood that I grew up in. My parents still live in the house that they that I grew up in. They built themselves and all this stuff. So, And most of our neighbors are still pretty much the same. So, There's so many things that haven't changed since I've been here. Um, so it's so wonderful to come back and kind of... You fall back into some patterns, but you also come back as yourself. And I'm in a really good spot right now and place in my mindset and life that it feels really great to be home. Um, and I am sad to have to go back on Tuesday, but it'll be really nice for the next couple of days to just be here and in the rain (laughs) because it's raining. (laughs) But yeah, um, that's kind of the biggest life update, just being home and it's just, it's lovely. That being said, a week from today, the summer reset starts, which is so crazy. That's kind of the biggest work stuff that I've been doing has been marketing for the reset, which is always a hectic time before the reset starts. Um, But it's great as always. I love marketing for the reset. I love talking about resets. I love doing the resets. They're just such a centering and grounding environment to be. 
I guess just like being home. <laughs> but yeah, it's really great to have this experience with the community that KDH has and then with new people that come through just for the 12 days that the reset is for. I love it so much. So that being said, it's a week away, which means May 16th is when we start. We finish May 27th. If you'd like to join us, it's 12 days of movement and mindfulness. You'll join the KDH virtual studio for 12 days with the ability to take any of the live classes that I teach during the week anytime, any of the live group classes. And all of those classes will be recorded. So if you can't make them, you can just take them on the on-demand library that's exclusive to, exclusive to the reset. Um, so all of the classes that I teach are recorded and are uploaded to the on-demand library, which you'll have access to forever. So if you can't make it during the actual reset that is, you can take it anytime after. You always have access to it. And um, it's a really great way to, if you're just feeling like, little bit of movement in your day, just hopping on to the KDH platform and finding the summer reset and just hopping on and taking a class whenever you can is a great way. I think I'm going to add a couple more meditations in there too, a little randomly. Um, so that'll be fun. My health coach and mindset coach Megan is joining us. She's going to be doing a cooking class on the first week and a group coaching class. The coaching class is going to be about mindset, specifically around health and wellness and our bodies. But of course, you can bring whatever you want into it. It can be wherever you're feeling stuck. She has a really wonderful way of helping you see something you couldn't see before and help you change your mindset and help you see what you need to and, and make the moves. It's a, I just, I love her and I love working with her. I, my life totally changed once I started working with her. So I highly recommend coming to join. Plus, it's such a steal to get to be in a, a session like that with her because they're usually 150 bucks, but the whole reset itself is 99. So you get access to everything for such a steal. And it's so fun. Um, it's going to be just great. And all of the, the journal prompts, I'm so excited about those. They're perfectly aligned with all the meditations and the strength flow classes. So get ready. It's, it's going to be a really great way in a, two weeks to just open up our minds and, and get connected to our summer mindset because this theme for the summer is not a summer body, but a summer mindset. I'm so excited. So yay, sign up at the link in my bio. There's a link in my bio. I don't think there's a link in my bio here, but there's a link in the description of this episode and um, would love to have you join and see you on the mat. Obviously, you know, this podcast on Monday, May 16th, you can check out what the schedule is going to look like. I am in Pacific daytime time, daylight time, Pacific daylight time. I don't know. I'm in Pacific time. <laughs> so um, if you're on the other side of the country or in a different country, know that that's what the times are for, but they're all recorded. So really you can take them. We have a bunch of people from all over the world that come to the reset and take it and enjoy. So, and if you, excuse me, if you're a KDH member, check your email for your discount code. You get it for 25 or 20% off and, um, private sessions members get it for 75% off. So if you're a private sessions member, check your email for your code. If you're a regular member, get check your email for your code and I'll see you on the mat on Monday, the 16th. Oh my gosh. I'm so stoked. Okay, that being said, let's get into body stuff. I really wanted to start talking about just body mindset and our, our relationships with our bodies for this episode because so much of that has been coming up. Um, I was talking to a friend yesterday about her 
weight loss that just happened, but it was out of a medical reason. That's also what happened to me. I lost a lot of weight because of a medical reason. And just the reaction that people give you um, based out of a really unfortunate and unhealthy way to lose weight. And then also the Met Gala was last, or this week. It was this week. And Kim Kardashian really gave us some insight into her disordered eating. And it was very public and very harmful. And I wanted to give you guys a little bit of an insight into my story when it comes to body stuff, but also give you a little insight into how to kind of work through some of your mindset stuff. Of course, if you join the reset and get to work with Megan, that's going to be a lot more beneficial, I would say. But you know, here to open your mind and, and have a chat and see where what you learn about yourself here. So when it comes to body stuff and my journey with my body, I never really thought about it until high school. Like I don't think I really thought about how I looked until my body started to change in high school and I hit puberty and things started to grow and I just wasn't used to it. And I remember having a mental breakdown <laughs> when I was just so overly hormonal and f- really feeling sad in how I looked. I was equating so much to the look of my body and I actually used to have a bunch of, I kind of still have them, but they're not actually about body stuff. But before on my mirror in my room, I'd cut out a bunch of, I would get the Shape magazine of course, women with six-pack abs on would always grace the cover. Um, and I would cut out little words and like inspirational things to help me, inspire me to look the way I wanted to look. So I was always looking at myself from the outside in. I also do remember one time when I was in high school, I had a larger chest. Still do. <laughs> I don't know why I said I had, but I have a larger chest. And in high school, one girl, a friend of a friend, we were changing to like go to a party or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Long time ago. If you've also listened to other podcasts that I've been in, this is a story that's from that. So if you've heard it before, I apologize. Um, I'm going to be repeating myself in my own podcast, obviously just sharing the story. But when I was going, getting changed, a girl who had a very opposite body of mine, just very thin with a smaller chest, she made a comment about how I was so lucky that I had boobs because I could have a bigger stomach. Maybe not even lucky. She just like mentioned that comment or like so my stomach didn't have to be flat, something like that. So that just like that has stuck in my mind forever for sure. I just have always thought about that and kept that. At first I was like, oh, that's like kind of nice. I guess I don't have to try really hard to, you know, get a six pack, get six pack abs, but as time went on, I, I wanted it. And I, I swam and I danced in high school or all throughout my life, which are two sports where you're in a swimsuit or a leotard. With dance, you're surrounded by mirrors and other girls all the time. Um, luckily, I was in a, in a studio that was a little bit better about everything. We had Love Your Body Week. Everybody had different shapes. We weren't super strict about anything other than just like coming to class and being a good person. But you're surrounded by girls your age all the time. Everyone's wearing leotards and you're just comparing your body and how you move and everything all the time. And with swim team, it wasn't quite the same. 
Um, but it, I was still comparing myself, my body to other girls. We just didn't have like a mirror in front of us. So that was always, that was always just like in the back of my mind. I was always thinking about it as I was getting older and graduating high school, my senior year, I just developed a really unhealthy way of eating. Um, I tried to get healthier quote unquote, and that meant fearing carbs and reading a lot of magazines and things online about how you should be eating and and what's a healthy way to eat. And if you've ever done that, <laughs> not the the advice that you see is just not super helpful. It's also very generic, but a lot of it's not actually like real. A lot of it is telling you to fear telling you to fear carbs, telling you to fear pasta, telling you to fear things that are delicious and are good and basically telling you to fear your cravings and fear your body which is not good because when you are looking at yourself from the outside in and when you're looking at feeding yourself from the outside in instead of from the inside out you make decisions based around validation and worthiness you don't make decisions based on what your body needs We're taught at such a young age to not trust ourselves, I feel like, and to trust our parents and our parents know best, of course. But I think that's, I mean, that's common and I'm not blaming my parents. I'm not blaming parents in general. I don't know how I'm going to do it as a parent. But I do know that for the longest time, I, until relatively, well, I guess I always say relatively recently, but it's been probably about a year or so since I changed my behavior and, and worked on my mindset a little bit more. But I was just living my life externally instead of internally and just fully disconnecting myself from my body and how I looked and the negative self-talk that I would tell myself was so terrible. I would be under eating, over-exercising, and then binging. And I couldn't control my sweet cravings. I couldn't control how much I ate because I would eat really small meals, but I'd still be hungry. But I'd be eating small meals that I was telling myself were healthy instead of listening to what my body was wanting to eat and and making that that meal well-rounded, right? And then I wasn't listening to my body and how it wanted to move, so I was injuring myself all the time because I was over-exercising and going really hard and going for five-mile runs because that's a big calorie burner and going to the gym for two hours because same, you know, instead of, you know, my body actually wants to work out for 20 minutes today doing strength flow or Pilates, like doing something small and short and low impact because that feels good. And I still feel strong and I still feel like I'm building muscle, but no, for years and years and years throughout college, as I was also, my body was changing a lot then because I started, you know, partying more as one does and, and boys in the picture. And I was just wanting to be cool and wanted to be accepted and valued and worthy in my body and in life because I was in this whole new environment. So with, then I also became vegan diets, stupid diet diets are stupid. Diets make no sense. Diets are basically you punishing yourself and you feel that way. You're not like excited to do a diet. You're excited. I was excited for the result, the gamification of what I was doing. But at the end of the day, I never stuck to a diet ever. Right throughout the day, I would always eat something different. I would always 
step outside of the calorie count or whatever it was when I was calorie counting on my fitness pal, like I would always step outside of that and then tell myself I was stupid piece of shit. Like I would tell myself that I was just not worthy. Like you'll try again tomorrow, you know, like I was always telling myself negative things and shaming myself for my body size. And of course you're not going to, you know, lose any weight. Cause look at you, you're never following your diet. You, you're not disciplined enough. You don't know how to be disciplined. What kind of successful person isn't disciplined? Of course, you're not going to be successful. Discipline was a huge thing for me, especially when it came to dieting and fitness. Fitness was a little easier though, because I actually really loved, I, I mean, obviously I'm a fitness instructor. I love, I love moving my body. It feels so good. The serotonin release that I get every time, it just, oof, I love it. But at the time too, before I was always doing it for external validation and not for that serotonin release and not for like how I would feel in my body. It was always more like, okay, I did this. So this is going to, I'm going to feel better and look better and get stronger and have the six pack abs. But that's, you know, never how it really worked because I was always hating myself and talking so poorly to myself and being so rude. It was so hard to, well, not it was, it's so hard to, to think of myself then because I just want to give her a hug and be like, honey, you're beautiful. No matter how you look, I love you. I am your future self. I love you. I love who you are. I love how you look. I love how funny and weird and spunky and creative and driven you are. Your size of your body has absolutely nothing to do with who you are as a person, your essence. Please, please just focus on giving yourself grace and love because everything you want in this world, you already have. And you'll actually see that when you do that, when you give that to yourself. You'll actually see that you are everything that you want in this world. I got an Apple Watch in college as well. Oh no, it wasn't in college. It was after college. I got an Apple Watch. Actually, if you follow me on Instagram, I posted about this mm, last week, Wednesday, Thursday. Gotta put those two posts together. Yeah, I had an Apple Watch and... um that changed my workout behavior. So I'd already had kind of a weird relationship with food, a lot of disordered eating, a lot of binging, a lot of starving myself, and um, just also not seeing changes because I was so focused on the changes and I was just not being kind to myself and loving myself at all. I truly believe that that's why nothing changed. Then I got an Apple Watch summer of 2018 and I wore it up until January of 2021. Wow. Yeah. Long time. January, 2021. And I always had it on the KCAL, the, the active calorie burn rings watch face because I was so focused on burning calories. I was so focused on hitting my goal every week. And I don't even know if it was accurate. You know, I was just so focused on hitting that goal that I don't even know what I really was doing. But I also knew, so, okay, what that did was it tracked my low impact workouts too. So I would I would prefer to do high impact, high intensity workouts because I would burn more. It was a game, I'd get more points, right? But then if I did like bar Pilates or something and that's a lot, of, a lot lower of an impact workout, 
I would be like, okay, well, I didn't burn that many calories. I need to go for a run now. So I would like double up. I do two days when really my body didn't want to do that. My body did not want to do that. My body wanted to enjoy and be present in the class that I was doing and feel the strength and the work that I had done in that class and not be so focused on the goal because I wasn't present. I was always in my head. I was always assuming what other people were thinking about me. So I needed to change my body because of that. I wanted them to accept me because of that. And I was exhausted and getting injured all the time. I always had shin splints. I feel like I always had something, something wrong. Something with my hip. Yeah. I mean, I am still somewhat injured now, but it's a lot easier and it's a lot better. And I'm going to physical therapy for it. So yeah. But yeah, my, my relationship with my watch, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't take it off. I had such a strong, oh my God, a strong tan line from it. It was bad. So with the Apple Watch, I wore it every day. And on the few days that I wouldn't wear it or would, yeah, take it off were days that I wasn't working out and didn't want to see that calorie burn because I was so attached to that number. And it's funny because I didn't even like put two and two together and I should have. And now I'm really thinking about it. But I felt so good not wearing it when I would take it off. I felt so detached from it and it felt really good, you know. So it took a while. I got injured at the end of 2020 with my shoulder, the stuff that I'm still working on right now. And I started to take it off a little bit more frequently because I wasn't really moving because I was injured. And I would get really frustrated and, and I'd attach my worth and my my value in this world to the number on that watch, the calorie burn on that watch. And if I wasn't moving, I'd really feel like a piece of shit. Even though at the time I had I was going through my my spiritual awakening, I'd say, and so I was actually being really kind to my body and saying, "Hey, you don't want to be more injured. You need to take this rest. Enjoy it. Stretch, release, let it go. Take the watch off. It's okay." And um after a few months of like wearing it a little bit and then taking it off, I, I realized, you know what? I don't, I am way too attached to this thing. Way too attached to this thing. I am equating my worth to my watch. I decided to take it off for a week, I think. I'd have to go back and look at my Instagram <laughs> post because that was one of my Instagram posts back in the day. But I think I, I intended to take it off for a week and I, I just haven't put it back on. I can't. I don't want to. I have so much more fun connecting to my body and in my workouts now without wearing it. I have such a better relationship to my body now because I don't wear it. It's not on my wrist telling me my calories. I'm also not as distracted in conversations where I'm getting texts all the time, just like looking at my phone looking at my watch all the time. As soon as I took the Apple watch off, I just like felt so free. It was crazy. And especially now that I'm an instructor where my whole life revolves around movement and connection and community. There's no need for me to have that and and be so disconnected. And obviously like the whole purpose of my business is to connect to your body, is to feel one and to dive in. Because like I said earlier, like how I was doing it, we tend to work out for external validation. We tend to work out for having, for looking the way we think others want us to look, for looking the way we think we will then be accepted, we'll be happier looking this way, you know? And at the end of the day, 
that just doesn't connect you to yourself. What's most important is that connection that you have with your body. That's important because that also coincides with food. I have some friends and they're male friends. Some of my guy friends have really bad relationships with food where they, I, I personally do not believe in the food as fuel only mantra because I think that is actually disordered eating because you are not trusting your body and not trusting yourself to feed yourself the way you need to be fed. And with that mentality comes a lot of shame, comes a lot of lack of trust in yourself. I know I just said that, but a lot of shame and negative self-talk if you ever step outside of that. It's just an excuse for you to say, I have, I have disordered eating problems. I fear sugar, maybe. I know that people that train to be uh, bodybuilding competitions, I know that there is a lot of food restriction that goes into that. But in your everyday life, that is not a healthy mentality around food and even your body. And I've never tried it before. I can't imagine getting into that mindset. I, I, and I'm not shaming anybody who does, because to each their own. But as long as you're aware and you're not doing it to punish yourself and you're not doing it with negative self-talk all around, I'm all for it, right? As long as you're doing it in a healthy way, I'm all for it. But... Food for fuel is not necessarily, I'd say, a healthy mentality around food. I have a friend who is terrified of sugar. He is terrified of sugar. He used to actually comment on people's sugar intake too, which obviously instills other disordered eating habits and sparks um, negative self-talk around that. And I will say, I've never had a full-on eating disorder. And I know people who have, and I know that that is really scary. And that is something that is harder to overcome. And I really, really urge anybody who has any issues to go talk to a professional because that has been the biggest godsend for me is to talk to somebody outside of your mind, somebody who's trained and can help you. But when it comes to the food for fuel, you the biggest thing is... I, when I've talked to my friend who has, who's, that's why he says, he's like, the difference between us is that I eat for fuel. And when I ask him why, it's a, he, a lot of the time he says that it's because if he eats intuitively, he doesn't know what he's going to eat. He doesn't essentially trust his body to tell him what is good for himself. His brain is basically tricking him in thinking that his body doesn't know what's best. His stomach, his enzymes, his body and himself don't actually know what's best for for it. And that's just not the case. Our bodies know everything. And our bodies know what's best, what's the best way to feed us. All you have to do is listen to it. I used to have a problem with binging. As soon as I started intuitively eating, I don't have a problem with binging anymore. Because I let myself eat more because I listen to my body. And then when I'm full, I listen to my body. And I don't eat. I stop when I'm full. Because before, I was just 
I would either eat not enough and then binge sweets and then not stop until I was full because I was like, oh, well, I didn't eat that much for lunch. I can just continue to eat this, right? I was making up all these excuses and rules for myself. But as soon as I, I stopped doing that, as soon as I started to listen to my body more thoroughly and more deeply and started to create a deeper relationship with myself and being more intuitive. And when I go to the grocery store, I'm not just like, oh, that looks good. That looks healthy. It's like, okay, what can I make with this? What is my body? What, what is it telling me? Is it saying, oh yeah, that looks really good. I would love to make a salad with that with a little bit of chicken, some whatever. Last night, my mom made this, oh my God, it was so good. This orzo pasta with chicken and mushrooms and, and peppers. But the sauce was this like creamy, gooey, goat cheese and cream sauce. And it was so good. I had so much of it and I listened to my body and I stopped when I was hung or when I was full. But before I would be like, oh my God, that's way too much fat. That's way too much creamy stuff. I can't eat that. That's going to, that's going to change. That's going to make me fat. That's going to change my body as soon as I eat that. But instead I looked at it and I thought, oh my goodness, all of those flavors together are going to taste so good. I trust my body to tell me when it's done eating. I trust my body to to eat as much as it wants and then tell me when it's done. I trust myself and I want to enjoy the food that I'm eating because, oh, it tastes so good. There's serotonin that's released when you eat food that's really good. And that's, we crave that, you know, we need that serotonin release, that natural serotonin release to, re- to combat our anxieties, com- to combat our depressions. Oh, just thinking about that. I had it for lunch today too. Oh my God, it was so good. One more thing before I finish this out, that really helped me get in touch with my body and myself and get to know myself a little bit better was working with the mirror. The mirror used to be something, oh, also I, I don't step on the scale anymore. I used to, but no way, Jose. I am done with that um, because I know the relationship with I ha- that I have with it. I know the relationship that I have with the numbers and I don't care how much I weigh, honestly. I don't care what that number reads because that has nothing to do with who I am as a person and I know if you're in the thick of it right now hearing these things might be redundant or they don't resonate with you immediately don't feel them deep in your soul but one day you will and I hope that you do and listen back to this but before I finish this out mirror work one of the greatest things that changed my relationship with myself was my relationship to the mirror. I used to, and I still catch myself doing this sometimes, but I try to be really cognizant of just looking at my eyes instead. But I used to go straight to my stomach. As soon as I looked in the mirror, I'd look at my stomach. I'd lift my shirt up, I'd look at it, whatever. But as soon as I started this healing journey, I decided that instead of looking at my stomach, I was going to look at my eyes. I was going to make eye contact with myself. And I was going to smile. And I was going to say, I love you. Even if I didn't necessarily feel that way right away, I was just going to put those words out there and, and pretend that I felt them. Though I pretty much feel them every time now. I mean, I, I, every time now, definitely. And even at that point, I was starting to really feel them every time I would say it. But even if you don't feel that way right away, just looking in your own eyes, giving yourself a smile, seeing that joy in your own face and looking at yourself with beauty and awe and grace it changed my relationship with the mirror instead of looking at myself and being like oh you ugly piece of shit (laughs) you know oh you're so gross who would ever think you're attractive i'm kinder 
because I started off with a smile and a little I love you. And then I do my hair and I think I'm so cute, you know? I look at it and I'm like, oh, you're just so cute. I love you. So there are a couple things to take away that I'd love for you to try. If you're having any issues with your body or maybe you don't think you are, but it's kind of fun to try these things because we can always deepen our relationship with ourselves. I'm constantly deepening my relationship with myself every day, every day. I urge you to look in the mirror, look in your eyes and say, I love you. Make eye contact, give yourself a smile. I'm even smiling right now just thinking about it. It's just, it's such a lovely tradition, a lovely behavior. I urge you to sit with yourself and connect in. Maybe do a little meditation of just following your breath. Close your eyes and just feel yourself breathe in. Follow the breath as it comes around, fills your lungs up. And exhales out your mouth. Feel that. Let the thoughts come through without resistance. But just come back to your breath whenever you feel yourself wandering. And then as you do those two things, start to pay attention to your relationship to your body. And then as you move and as you feed yourself, start to trust yourself to make the right decision. I still eat sugar, by the way. Like I I have a sweet tooth. I eat as much sugar as I want, but I also have... I have trust in myself and because I have trust in myself, I don't eat as much as I used to. I don't binge it anymore and it feels so good because I enjoy it. I have a good time and I don't feel shame. I don't feel guilt when I eat ever. There's so much freedom in that. So I, I urge you to the next time you have a meal to maybe ask your body what it wants to eat and start to build that trust muscle up with yourself because it it doesn't just ripple into your body image relationship with your body your relationship to yourself your relationship to food right it ripples throughout your whole life when you start to trust your body you start to trust yourself you start to trust your decision making skills you start to trust your beliefs your confidence grows i'm serious it it changes so much in your life so i urge you to try it And I just got so excited to release this podcast. I'm recording this on Friday, so three days before it's going to get put out. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you ever have any any questions, please don't hesitate to ask. If you want to join the spring, the spring, the summer reset, I would love to have you. Um, Again, join it at the, the link in the description down below or above whatever, you know, this description of the the podcast episode. And I hope to see you soon. And with that, I'll see you on the mat. Happy Monday. Bye.